The Winnipeg Jets are having a pretty good season, and they find themselves in third place in the Central Division with a chance to potentially move into first tomorrow if all goes right. But of course, the Jets are not the only team trying to fight for a playoff spot. We'll check in around the league and see how the rest of the, the league is doing on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDONNHL when you sign up for $20 off your first purchase. Stay tuned to hear more about how GameTime can save you time and money on those next big event tickets. Now, like I said, right? The NHL this year has been a little bit funky in terms of the standings, you know, thanks to parity, um, some interesting tactical arrangements, a lot of roster changes, a looming cap ceiling uh, increase that obviously for some teams will be helpful and for others, maybe not so helpful when, you know, that that cap space is just going to get eaten up by players coming back from LTIR. So, you know, for, for a lot of the league, this season is kind of maybe like a transition point, right? I think we've seen that with Winnipeg, although in Winnipeg's case, you know, not only did they, did they kind of like pass a transition point over the offseason, they've really, in my mind, accelerated their timeline for uh, becoming a really fearsome contender. And it seems like for the most part, they're on the right path. A couple of, you know, missteps here and there. But for the most part, right, the team is on a, a good timeline, I would say, for becoming really dangerous over the next few seasons, perhaps as soon as this season, should their current form hold. But How's the rest of the league doing, right? I mentioned that it's kind of an odd season. And out east, you know, the, the race for the playoffs is definitely one of those where I think, you know, you're seeing a couple of teams that maybe you don't expect uh, to be in the discussion. But, you know, in the Atlantic, you've got Boston, Toronto, and Florida, which is kind of not that surprising, right? These tend to be uh, a couple of squads that you often see at or near the top of the division. Uh, both Boston and Tan or both Boston and Toronto have been very good over the last several years. Toronto, I think the goaltending this season has been a little bit of a concern. And once they reach the playoffs, you do kind of have to wonder about it uh, until Wall comes back, right? He might be the big saving grace, but if it's like Simsonov and somebody else, maybe a little bit concerning. The Panthers are still hanging around despite being a little bit on the middling side. They're just, you know, kind of an okay-ish team. But the one behind them, the Detroit Red Wings, only two points back of the Panthers for third in the, in the division. Very interesting season because they've scored quite a few goals. They have had huge shootouts uh, with other teams, and they've also conceded a boatload of goals, right? So an interesting squad, one that I think is maybe more in the Vancouver line of things, although the Canucks have been getting much better goaltending. So uh, Detroit you know, might be one of those wild cards that makes it in and has a bit of a brief run, but probably isn't one you expect to hang around. Tampa Bay is just a little bit below them, but they've also played a couple more games. The Lightning may legitimately miss the postseason this year. 
wouldn't be shocking. And also, I mean, given how many seasons they've made the playoffs, how many cups they've won over the last several years, if they miss, I don't really know that there's a lot that fans should be particularly upset about. Obviously, they won't be happy about it. But look, Tampa Bay had their run, and it's probably getting closer and closer to the time where you start thinking about the future. You've got the Habs, Sabres, and Sens rounding out the bottom, and you know their playoff hopes are, are definitely not particularly lively. The Habs maybe have the best opportunity to try and close the distance, but they are also not particularly good, so wouldn't count on them to steal a wild card. The Metro is pretty competitive, but I think you're starting to see at least a little bit more separation between the Rangers and most of the rest of the division. Uh, New York has kind of led the way this season with a dominant power play, very good PK, and uh, the goaltending is slowly coming around as well. Obviously, they have some weaknesses at 5v5, but whatever they're doing, they seem to do it really well. I mean, this team has like a 27-1 and record, one of the top uh, records in the NHL. And sure, you could say that maybe there's a chance it's not sustainable, but they've done this for the last few years, and they've generally been pretty good. So maybe they have their own recipe for success. They're followed by the Islanders, which I don't think anyone was really expecting to be in second in the division, especially with the Flyers and Canes right behind them. Uh, I said this was kind of a weird division, and I really do stand behind that. You've got a lot of teams hovering around the 35 or so point mark, and they're just not teams that you really expect. The Flyers have been good. Um, the Islanders, not exactly great, but they've uh, recently recovered form over the past few games. The Canes have really struggled this season, and I do think at some point Brindamore does get the boot. Um, the Caps have also struggled, but they're you know they're only a couple points back of like second in the division, and they've played three less games than than the Isles. So maybe they can kind of figure things out. They're really not scoring a lot this year, and uh, you know the the team is not a particularly strong roster. But hey, maybe they slowly uh, get back up to speed, and maybe even make an acquisition or two to put themselves in a better spot. But yeah, the East, it's its a weird division. I mean, you're looking at the the Devils and Penguins towards the bottom of the Metro, which I don't think anyone was entirely expecting, especially the Devils. They've had some really bad injury luck, but even still, man, uh, to be that far back is a little bit hard for them, I'm sure, to stomach. Out in the West, I mean, this, you know, it's, it's an interesting uh, conference, I guess. It's not as good as the East, in my mind, in terms of... Um, how solid the Metro is, but I will say they think some of the best teams sit in this conference, right? The Central, not really a surprise. You've got Colorado, Dallas, and Winnipeg, and then Nashville just behind them. All of these teams are only separated by a handful of points, and then the Blues, Yotes, Wild, and Hawks kind of round at the bottom of the conference, uh, not or bottom of the division, not really surprising how this is oriented. I will say that I think, you know, the Jets maybe didn't expect to be this good this quickly, but this is a season where I really think you got to push the chips in and go for it. The Jets are in a great position to not only win the division, but also go for a deep playoff run. And with the team being the way it is, the contracts expiring that they have in the, over the next two years, um, and the fact that they've got Helly and Shifley lined up, never been a better time than to push it in than right now. Out in the Pacific, uh, you really have a ton of stratification. You've got like Vegas, Vancouver, and LA, and then everyone else. That division is extremely lopsided. Um, the Pacific is probably not sending any representatives to the wild cards. I think all of those spots are likely to be claimed by Central Division teams because the Pacific, it just sucks. Let's be honest, it just sucks. Um, so it's funny because like they've got a couple of the best teams in the West, but they also have many of the worst. So 
yeah, not exactly a great time if you are a Pacific Conference fan or a Pacific Division fan. But hey, maybe if you like the Knights, you're not too worried about that because your team's doing well and Vancouver is seemingly enjoying a bit of a PDO resurgence. While, you know, obviously their luck will at some point run out, they're still lighting it up like no other team. So a lot of interesting teams in the playoffs, but of course, the only one we really care about is the Jets. And they are continuing to make overtures with the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll look again at, at the Flyers roster and see who the Jets might even be interested in and whether the whole Logan Stanley thing is a sign that he's perhaps on the chopping block for a trade. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. When it comes to buying tickets to your favorite sporting events or concerts, we all know that that crap gets really expensive really fast. A lot of us have often found ourselves uh, spending a lot on hidden fees, lots of service charges, everything that's just not particularly enjoyable, if we're being honest, and game time knows your pain and suffering. They want to help out with great last-minute deals, all-in prices, uh, flash sales, you name it, they've got it, and they also offer an even better deal where you can actually see what you're paying for. You don't often have in-venue views with a lot of the places that you buy tickets from, but Game Time does in fact give you a perspective from where you're sitting, so you'll know if you're sitting behind a giant pillar and you just paid 300 bucks for it. They don't want you to have obstructed views, who does, unless you're a Red Sox fan who's just kind of weird, but Game Time definitely wants you to have the best experience possible, and they offer a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and so much more. If you want to take the guesswork out of buying tickets, go with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we talk about uh, interesting rumors surrounding the Jets and Flyers. Their scouts continue to flirt with one another, and I know that some people have asked, you know, well, okay, why are these teams um, continuing to send scouts, right? How much can you actually see sending your scouts repeatedly to the same team to watch them, observe them, all that stuff. Haven't they completed their scouting reports? Yes. Um, so then you have to think a little bit more like a business person, right? What often happens in the between, right? Conversations, dinners, drinks, and then you start laying out frameworks for potential opportunities for a trade, right? All of these organizations do this kind of stuff. It's part of the process. Now, before we take a look at who the Flyers might be offering the Jets and who the Jets might be offering Philadelphia, I just want to let you know about something really cool the Lockdown Network has going. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here with you uh, 24-7 covering the top stories from around the leagues, all of them being covered by our national shows and our local experts from across the network. And of course, you can go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
Now, like I said, obviously the Flyers and Jets, they've been flirting. A lot of like a lot of uh, rumors surrounding these teams. And with the Jets needing a couple of very specific things to really complete the roster, right? Uh, Winnipeg, as it is right now, is in a pretty good spot. But you can tell that they want just a bit more to not only take this team from a playoff contender, but to like a really championship caliber team. It's close. It still needs one or two little bits uh, to 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 really finish it out. And I say little bits, but it, let's be real. It's not going to be um, a cheap acquisition. And for the for the Jets, right, Winnipeg has some roster spots that they need to free up. And honestly, salary, I think, is one of the biggest things. The Jets have a lot of money tied up in a couple of different areas, and it's not really efficient spending. So if Winnipeg is very serious about winning, uh, this is about as interesting a trade partner as you are likely to get when it comes to guys who can really um, kind of furnish the Jets with some positional depth. Now, one of the big names that I've talked about over the last several weeks is Travis Konechny. I really feel like he, on the forward side of things, is probably one of the best options for the Jets to take a look at. Uh, Konechny is obviously you know, an expiring asset over the next two years. He'll be a UFA at the end of his deal. And what you get with him tends to be kind of like a Kyle Connor light. He's very crafty in small spaces. He likes to mix it up down low. Where he kind of differs from uh, Kyle is that he's more physically engaged, I feel. I've always been one of those people who's kind of annoyed by watching him play, but not in the bad way. It's more that he's just very pesty. Um, and he likes to kind of get under your skin. He's a bit... I would say almost like a mixture of Marchand and Connor. Excellent release, great scoring instincts, a nose for the net, but he is also somebody who will piss you right off and honestly kind of draw your attention away from some of his teammates. So he would actually be a very fan favorite kind of player, I would suspect. Um, and given that, you know, he is a center as well at times when, you know, called upon that would give the Jets some positional flexibility because you can either play him out wide, down the middle. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't know if he has like a specific preferred position. Uh, you know, I, I could imagine him um, certainly having a preference, but I don't know what that is specifically. But I just know that he is able to at least play both positions uh, as a, either a wide or central player, which gives the Jets a lot of options to work with should they bring him in. His cap hits also very reasonable. Five and a half million really isn't that bad. And if you're thinking about how to make that money work, obviously, you know, Schmidt for uh, Konechny makes a lot of sense. And in the Jets case, they would have to, you know, make a pretty decent payment for him. You know, a player getting about a year and a half of him uh, on a good value contract for a team that's contending is going to cost you. And especially if you're sending salary the other way. And for the Jets, you know, obviously at this point, I think draft picks are really nice to have, but Winnipeg is also you know, likely to draft towards the back half of the first. So I really don't think it's worth being too concerned about. Put those assets up, put those assets up for trade, make them available, and bring in, you know, genuine established talent. That's a great way to win. And I think for the Jets, they could come away on a, uh, with like a very big trade package if they make the right moves. Obviously, it will also cost them some top prospects. I think guys like Lucius and uh, Barlow will potentially be in one of these packages. You know, I'm hoping it's not McGordy or Lambert. I, I don't really want to move either of those guys. And I think, you know, Salamonson, somebody else mentioned they don't want to move. And obviously, Simon Mann is kind of one of those guys who I think um, the Jets are really banking on becoming a, a big top 4D contributor over the years. But, you know, 
I still maintain that I don't think anyone should be untouchable, but it has to be like the right deal, right? If you're going to trade a truly top prospect, somebody who looks like a slam dunk NHLer, then you'd better be darn sure that the player that you're getting in return is seriously worth it. That's where someone like Morgan Frost is actually kind of interesting for me because uh, Frost has not really found his footing uh, with the Flyers. He's on a relatively affordable deal. He's going to be an RFA, and he does have you know some pos- positional flexibility. He hasn't really played uh, you know big minutes this year, um, but in his game so far, he's averaging a little bit under around half a point per game. I feel like there might be some untapped potential with him, but it's hard to say, right? If you wanted to make an acquisition with him, it'd probably be significantly cheaper, but I can't imagine that the Jets are looking for just, you know, a guy with potential. They want somebody who can push them into real top-end territory. And, you know, Sean Walker, a rental D, would be a big upgrade for the Jets' blue line. I don't quite know who he would displace other than Schmidt. Uh, If you do that on the right side, you could potentially make that work. Obviously, you know, with his cat pit being around two and a half or so, a little over two and a half million, he's relatively affordable. And you you could maybe send like Logan Stanley the other way. I think that would be um, maybe something that Tortorella is interested in. He seems to like the big players and he fixed Rasmus Ristolainen. So maybe he can get something out of Stanley and, you know, give them some, some, some defensive support. I don't know. But all I know is the Jets have a really good opportunity here. I feel like these two teams have a lot of um, I would say alignments in terms of what they need and what they can offer. And I feel like given the fact that the Jets have scouted them repeatedly and the Flyers themselves have also scouted the Jets a lot, we are probably closer to a deal than it seems. So keep an eye out for that over the next few weeks. I know I am personally excited to see what the Jets come away with. Now, of course, Winnipeg before then still has to take care of their own uh, business, I would say, against some pretty decent opponents. And the next one that's coming in is a team that the Jets just beat on the road. They're going to be welcoming in the Colorado Avalanche again. And maybe, just maybe, the Jets can once again uh, show why Winnipeg really is one of the top teams in the Central Division. We'll talk about what to expect from Colorado in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to let you know about our friends and partners at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. For me, that'd actually be a great deal because I'm a Ravens fan, and let's be honest, Baltimore tends to win a lot of games. Maybe not over the next few weeks. We'll see. I'm crossing my fingers. They come away with the top AFC seed, but you never know. For those of you who might be more of the Vikings fans, Uh, Obviously, it's been a little bit more of an uneven season, and uh, perhaps Josh Dobbs has lost a little bit of the spark, but you know what? You're still thinking that this team maybe has a shot at making the playoffs, and you're excited. All it takes is $5 and a win, and you get $150 back in bonus bets. That $150 can be used on anything from spreads to player props, over-unders, and so much more. It's great, it's safe, and it's easy to use. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts in tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for rejoining us as we are preparing to talk about the Colorado Avalanche, who are currently first in the Central Division. This Avs team has uh, generally been pretty good. 
In fact, the Abs really haven't lost to too many teams recently. They did have a stretch for a couple of games where they lost in overtime and shootouts, but for the most part, right, in terms of teams that have beat them, you know, it's mainly like LA and Winnipeg. They've gone through the Flames, the Fly, or well, actually the Flyers also beat them, um, but they've they've beaten some pretty solid squads over the past few weeks. Uh, they've beaten the Lightning, they've beaten the Wild, they've beaten the Canucks, uh, they, they greased the Sabres the other night, they beat the Flames a couple of times. So, like Colorado, generally pretty good this year. I will say that, like I've mentioned in the past, the Avs are not as deep as they used to be. And I think the the injuries that they've had to guys like Lekin and obviously Landeskog missing the whole year, it's a, it's a tough one, right? I think this team is feeling slight cup fatigue, but not a lot because they've still got a great lineup with Nichushkin, McKinnon, and Rantanen anchoring the first line. This unit's going to be very tough for the Jets to contain. Obviously, they were able to limit the damage in the last outing. Um, Stanley got turnstiled by McKinnon once, but, you know, that's not really surprising, especially at the end of a shift. All that said, you know, the Jets are going to have to be on their best behavior, right? After that, you've got a second line of Duran, Johansson, and Olafsson, which is a surprisingly underrated second line, and I think it's pretty decent. Uh, I think, uh, ideally, you know, Duran may have been like a third liner on this team, but with the injuries and stuff, he's been promoted into the top six, and he's seemingly done relatively okay. Where I think, you know, the Avs are probably not as thrilled is, is the bottom six, you know, Wood, Colton, and O'Connor on your third line. It's been okay, uh, but obviously if you're talking about, like, championship depth, right, um, that's not a third line that I think, you know, would be a, a particularly impressive one on a lot of other contenders. And the fourth line, McDermott, Cogliano, and Myers, it's, yeah, it's a fourth line, right? A, a couple of call-ups from the AHL level, uh, some veterans in, you know, Cogliano and McDermott. But overall, not exactly the greatest of uh, of bottom six units. Now, the big change, you know, is obviously that McCarr is is finally starting to get healthy again. He'll be paired with Devin Taves. Then on the second pairing, you've got Byram and Manson. And finally, Johnson and Malinsky on the third pairing. So Winnipeg really has to stay off the, the PK. The Avs with McCarr in tow are going to be very scary on the power play. I know that the Jets' PK has managed to uh, kill off a decent number of penalties recently, but against this team, I would not want to put a lot of money on it. So, yeah, stay off the pet, the PK. Try and get some practice on the power play. The, the Jets' special teams have generally not been great this year, and it's been a bit of a continuing boogeyman. But, hey, maybe this is a game where the Jets score like two or three power play goals and suddenly feel like they are uh, in control again. I don't know. I will say that... Uh, you know, Winnipeg has a really good opportunity to move back into first. Obviously, you know, moving in first at this point in the season, it's still very early. Let's not get too excited in terms of where the Jets are actually going to finish at the end of the year. But I think the fact that Winnipeg is in December and still fighting for top in the Central says a lot about the quality of this team. The Jets have weathered, you know, some pretty big injuries already. It looks like Gabriel Velarde is ready to take on the reins of Kyle Connor while Connor is sidelined. And honestly, the Jets now have legitimate evidence that they can rearrange the top six and maybe balance out the scoring even more. I really feel like, you know, any combination that you can come up with might be a winning combo. But if you want to make both lines lethal at scoring, this could be a great opportunity to figure out if moving Connor to the second line with Perfetti and, you know, company might actually make more sense so that you have, you know, some elite shooters on the first line, some elite shooters on the second line. And, you know, you can basically run two equal first lines. 
the Jets are really close to doing that. And if they make a trade and bring in somebody with, you know, additional finishing talent, the Jets are sitting pretty with one of the deepest rosters at forward on the uh, in, in the entire league, really. Now, the defense, bit of a different story. That's where I think the Jets probably aren't as thrilled with um, the, the depth, and they've been apparently considering what their long-term blue line is going to be like. That's why I think guys like Schmidt and Stanley are probably on the outs. Stanley's being played a lot recently, and I suspect that that is not because they particularly love him, but because they're thinking about you know showcasing him for a trade. That's that's the general vibe I get. Schmidt's playing too, and I suspect that that might have something to do with it. You know, Chisholm has been sort of sidelined despite having good games, and I suspect that that is again not because he's been bad, but because the Jets are thinking about, you know, trying to attract some attention from the Flyers. So we'll see how it goes. Let's hope the Jets make the right moves and improve this team to make it a true championship squad. But let me know your thoughts and predictions. I'm going to say the Jets win tomorrow 4-3, hoping for a big Jets victory. Back in first in the Central would be nice. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. We will see you back here next week before the holiday break. So as always, have a great night and go Jets go.